Hello, friends. We are interrupting Healing Hearts to remind you April is not just a month. It's a call to action. This month, we celebrate Volunteer Appreciation and Child Abuse Prevention Month, recognizing those who give their time and hearts to protect our most vulnerable. Every child deserves a life filled with love, safety, and normalcy. But sadly, not every child experiences this. That's where we, as a community, step in. Our amazing volunteers are the unsung heroes working tirelessly to advocate for children's well-being. They're the voices that speak up, the hands that reach out, and the hearts that care deeply. But the fight against child abuse needs much more than just appreciation. It needs action. This April, we invite you to participate in our efforts to protect children, provide them with the normalcy they deserve, and advocate for their rights. Visit www.speakupforkidspbc.org to find out what you can do to amplify the voices of our volunteer advocates. Remember to engage with us on social media. Participate and protect because every child deserves a champion and that champion could be you. Now back to Healing Hearts. Welcome to Healing Hearts, a podcast from Parents Speak Up for Kids. In keeping with the overall mission of 100% advocacy for the foster community, Healing Hearts covers topics of interest for foster children, foster parents, and those who advocate for both. We are your hosts, Sophia and Tanya. In today's episode, we continue our discussion with Neva and Sam. They have agreed to share their experience as foster parents. If you have not done so already, please listen to part one of A Foundation of Trust in advance of listening to this episode. So let me ask this question because I, I just love your approach to how you foster. How I mean, and because I know you, I know that like I'm saying foster because of this podcast, but I know that you see each child as your child. Um, how do you manage the conflicts? You've got six girls in the house. How do you manage the the day to day conflicts that may pop up, and and how do you how do you navigate all of that? Uh, you know, sometimes I'm tired, and sometimes I'm busy, and sometimes I don't hear it right away, and it isn't until it reaches a certain like um, I don't want to say decibel, but frequency where it starts to make my ears bleed, and then I snap out of my uh, you know, my daydream. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, y'all need to stop right now. And I'm a very firm parent. Um, they joke about a book they're writing called surviving miss Neva. And so I have a look, they know the look. And I also, you know, have a couple of sayings, like if you can't mind your business, you're going to mind their chores. And I've never really had to enforce that because nobody wants to test me on it. But that goes back to my yes being yes and my no being no. I may or may not mean that, but they're not really willing to find out. And so um, I I do really have high expectations. I make the expectations known for how we treat each other in our home. So it's it's much easier to nip it in the butt when it comes up because you're able to just address it in the moment with something simple like a look there's no long drawn out explanation because there doesn't it, it the that explanation has already been given 
Right. You've already set the expectation for behavior. You've already set the norms. They know what it is. So they know how to line up. And they're simple, right? It's mm -hmm. really about respect. It's really about kindness. It's really about empathy. Um, and, and those are things that we talk about a lot in our home. So they're this constant ongoing conversations, rather repetitive, you know, a lot because it doesn't register for most of us the first time we hear it. We ha have to hear things over and over in order for it to really sink in. So I don't mind repeating those things over and over because those are lifelong skills and lifelong values and attributes that my kids are going to be able to take with them into all of their future relationships. And by the grace of God, one day pass down to their own children. Yeah. So one of the things that we definitely do um, is we also sit down as a family. If there's any type of conflicts in the home that, you know, involves more than one kid, or we see things starting to kind of drift off or whatever with the kids not getting resolved, yeah, not getting resolved. Um, we just sit down as a family. We sit down and we, we have a conversation. We let everybody speak freely with respect to each other. And um, that's typically another way that we, we try to bring wisdom into the situation and, and uh, do it as a family as well. And it's funny because they really don't like family meetings. So they would rather resolve it on their own yeah. than have us call a family meeting. And so that in, in and of itself kind of helps it resolve. I think we have one last question, um, which is what advice would you give to someone becoming a foster parent? And also what advice would you give to them in terms of like self-care and making sure that they're all right as well? Well, I would say definitely, I'm sure she'll have some input as well. But um, when you're coming into this, just understand that, you know, when the kids come into your home, they're not they don't want you to be their parents, right? So they, when they come in the home, um, they're being taken out of a situation that they, they are not happy about um, coming into your home, and um, you know it's going to take a long time to build. Um, there's even a lot of scientific facts about uh, what kids go through and neglect, and um, you know it takes a long time to regenerate those things with even within their own brain. So there's just been a, more than likely if they've been taken from a home, there's a lot of neglect that's, tra that's transpired. And um, so there's going to be a lot of rebuilding there. And so that takes a long time. And so, you know, these kids aren't looking at you as their mom and their dad or their um, savior or their savior. So it's just really understanding that when you're coming in, you're coming in so you could love on these kids and you're coming in. So that way you could, uh, I don't know, basically help them just adjust adjust and, and navigate life mm -hmm. so and and really you know it's very thankless work you can't expect a lot of gratitude yeah and i think sometimes and these conversations come up amongst other foster parents about a lack of gratitude and it's like we expect them to be grateful but what should they be grateful for they should be grateful that they were taken away from their homes. Now, it might have been neglectful, it might have been abusive, and it might have been dysfunctional, but it's really the only place that they've ever known. And for them, that was their comfort zone, as, as maybe terrible comparatively to other uh, experiences, that was theirs, and it got taken away. And they could be angry, they could be sad, they could be a whole bunch of things. But my husband's right, they're not coming in here excited for us to become their parents. And I think 
people come in and maybe even ourselves in the beginning with rose colored glasses, thinking that they're just going to think we're the coolest things and they're just going to be so grateful and love us so much. And people come and see the house and see how nice it is. And they're like, man, these kids must really love being here. And I'm like, yeah, actually they'd rather they would be okay with a mattress on the bedroom floor if it was under the same roof of, as their parents in many cases. And they'd give up any um, accommodations that they get through foster care or perks or however you want to say it uh, to have back what what they love. Now, we we want them to love their families. We want them to appreciate but we, their, and honor their parents. But we also have to show them that there is a right way to be treated and that they are valuable and that they um, are worthy of care and not neglect and those types of things. And so a lot of times kids just love their parents no matter what, and they are not going to say a bad thing about their parents, even if they had uh, caused them harm and hurt. So you're not trying to paint an ugly picture of their parents or their experience, but really help them see that there is right and there is wrong. And there's there's good and healthy ways to be treated. And that is the standard that we should require from other people, whether it's our parents or it's friends that we make at school or it's future relationships. We really have to have a standard for what we will accept from people. And, and that's those are hard lessons to give young people. I agree. I think you guys touched on so many different things. I, it's, it's almost overwhelming to think about how much you do and how much you're pouring into um, young lives every day. You are literally changing lives, like the, tra the trajectory of children's lives, like one child at a time. So, um, and that's not to like be, you know, just patting you on the back, that really is what you're doing every day. So, and the ripple effect of that is generational. So um, I am thankful that you guys are able to spend some time with us. And I'm sure like our audience is gonna gain a lot of perspective from what you've shared today, um, your authenticity, your honesty about what, what foster care is, what it looks like to be a couple doing this with a house full of girls and a full schedule and a full life, so. And uh, Sophie had asked about self-care too. And, you know, we have to do our own mental health check and make sure that we're good. Um, we're human beings. We run out of gas. We can get uh, irritable. We can get tired. Um, we can get grumpy. So we have to do those self-checks and kind of see where we're at. We kind of help each other gauge one another and say, do you need to tap out and sort that sort of thing and have each other's back. So it really is the support that we have from each other, but it's definitely our church family, our brothers and sisters in Christ that we lean on. Um, and, and we're so grateful for our circle of friends that support us and encourage us through that, that process as well. Um, and I also wanted to say to any foster children that are listening, any um, kids that have might have had this experience or are currently experiencing displacement, uh, that you are loved. And even though trust is hard and you don't have a high expectation for us to be your parents, that it's okay to let other people care for you. And it's okay to let other people love you 
and it's not dishonoring your own parents, but it is honoring yourself and knowing that you are worth being loved. I think that's amazing advice. And I think it really helps the audience understand what it means to become a foster parent, especially when you were sort of dispelling preconceived ideas of how they should walk into parenting. So I think this was a great end to this podcast episode. Thank you for tuning in today for part two with our guests, Neva and Sam. New episodes of Healing Hearts premiere every two weeks. So follow us on Spotify and Apple Music. For more information about Parents Speak Up for Kids, to submit a show idea or questions, or to appear as a guest, email parents at speakupforkidspbc.org. Until next time, remember the heart is like a garden and it needs tending to heal and grow. You've been listening to Healing Hearts.